This is the Martin Luther Sermon Podcast, and this is Martin Luther's sermon on the text, Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31, preached for the first Sunday after Trinity Sunday. Uh, I'm Pastor Brian Wolfmuller of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, for more information on the Luther Sermon Podcast or to listen to more Luther sermons, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. This sermon is from Luther's House Postles, reading from a translation published by J.A. Schulze, publisher in Columbus, Ohio, in 1884, a text and translation that is in the public domain. Uh, first, the Gospel lesson, Luke 16. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. And likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Here ends the Gospel lesson. Luther's Sermon This is a precious Gospel lesson, the like of which one does not find anywhere else in the Scriptures, in respect to the judgment which will be passed upon men after this life. It is not necessary to dispute here as to whether this is a history or a parable, for as Christ names the two persons and tells us what the life of each was and what judgment was passed upon them after death, how the rich man was tormented in the flames and poor Lazarus was in bliss, we are justified in believing that what is said really occurred. We must further also believe that the same judgment will be passed upon all according as they live like the rich man or like poor Lazarus. For these two examples of the rich man and Lazarus the Lord places before the whole world. The first is that of the rich man who for a short time lived here on earth in joy and happiness, but in the other world is lost and eternally sad. And the second one, that of Lazarus, who for a certain length of time here on earth was poor and miserable, but in the other world is rich and happy. These are set before us in order that each one may learn to act according to these examples. For in respect to both, we must receive a certain instruction and must conduct ourselves correctly. 
or eternal life is lost. Therefore, whoever here on earth is poor and miserable like Lazarus, let him learn not to be offended at such misery, and not to seek his comfort in this temporal life, but to hope in that which is future and eternal. For no Christian is to think that when he fares ill, God has forgotten him or is angry with him. For this is God's way and manner, that like a good father he is always after his children with the rod, in order that through such correction they may be admonished and kept from sin, since they would otherwise, if there were no correction, feel secure and continue in sin. Therefore, a Christian is not only to not be offended at his misery, but to derive the assurance therefrom that God loves him, thinks of him, and seeks what is best for him. As also the wise man says, if a father really loves his son, he corrects him. Hence it is a great mistake if you judge of God's goodness and grace by your temporal condition. It is true, indeed, Money and goods, a healthy body and the like, are gifts and blessings of God, but such a blessing as shall not endure forever. For at last everything must be left behind at any rate. Besides, to this blessing the evil attaches itself, that if one does not especially abide in the fear of God and pay strict attention to the word, it gives rise to much sin on account of our sinful nature. Therefore we see that upon the rich... God lays various crosses and trials, diseases and afflictions, not only because they have deserved such things by their sins, but because God desires to guard them against future sins and thus keep them in his fear. They would otherwise, were it not for his trials, decrease in prayer, faith, and zeal for the word of God from day to day and finally neglect them altogether. The true highest and best blessing, however, by which we can and should discern the goodness of God, is not temporal prosperity, but the everlasting blessing that God has called us to his gospel, in which we hear him and learn how he, on account of his Son, desires to be merciful to us, to forgive our sins and to save us eternally. Besides, to defend us graciously here on earth from the tyranny of the devil and of the world. Whoever rightly considers this blessing, even if he lack of temporal blessings, so that he is poor, sick, despised, miserable, and burdened with all manner of adversity, still regards all these things as insignificant, for he sees that he always gains more than he has lost. If he has no money nor property, he still knows that he is called unto everlasting life, and that this is assured unto him in baptism and the word. So also with respect to the other trials and difficulties, let him fare as God please. His heart still always has the comfort that it is a matter of only a short time when it will become better, and better in such a way that no one will be able to take his joys from him. For he has, through Christ, a merciful God who is his Father, and wants to grant him, through Christ, the eternal inheritance. In this way, poor Lazarus also comforted himself. His body suffered from the pain so that he often wept and cried out on account of it. So too, no doubt, his heart often was saddened and burdened on account of the fact that, in addition to his sickness, he was forsaken and was not served with food and drink, although the rich, godless man lived in affluence. This, I say, pained him, for it is not possible that the heart of a man should not be troubled by it. But against this he finally kept this comfort in his heart, saying, I see that my heavenly Father wants it so. Therefore, in his service, I will gladly bear it all, knowing as I, 
do that it cannot last forever. It is but a short time until sickness and all evil must cease, and the blessed change occur when joy and comfort shall take the place of temporal suffering. For I have the promise that God, for the sake of his Son, Jesus Christ, will be gracious unto me, forgive my sins, remove me from the curse, and receive me into favor. Therefore, let come what may. If the people pay no attention to me and grant me not the crumbs which they give to the dogs, I comfort myself with this, that God is concerned about me and will not let me want forever. Therefore, I can suffer and be distressed for a while and wait for something better. But that Lazarus had such thoughts and comforted himself thus in his suffering is shown in the first place by his name, for Lazarus is, the, is a Hebrew name, Eleazar, and means God help, that he placed his confidence upon God's everlasting help, not upon men. Thus, too, the evangelist also shows this when he says that Lazarus was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, which is nothing else than this, that Lazarus confided in the promise which was made unto Abraham, that in his seed all the nations of the earth should be blessed. To this promise Lazarus clung, and with it he comforted himself, although all the world regarded him as an accursed man because he was so poor and miserable, he still would enjoy the blessed seed and remain not under the curse of God, but in his everlasting grace. And this faith kept him, so that when all departed this life, the angels carried him into Abraham's bosom. Now Christ, our dear Lord, wants us diligently to consider this example and to learn it well. For his Christians must consider that here on earth they must, like poor Lazarus, have want and suffer all manner of misfortune. Now, whoever does not possess nor know the comfort which Lazarus had cannot fail to become impatient and will at last despair, for flesh and reason do not deny their nature. If the word of God is not used as a weapon and defense, a person soon begins to think, when evil befalls him, that God has forgotten him and does not want him, or else he would help him and not suffer him thus to be in distress. That we should look to the future and comfort ourselves with it is of no avail. Hence many an untried person becomes impatient and thinks thus, If God does not want to help, then let the devil help and whoever can. This means falling away from God entirely, becoming God's enemy, and not looking for anything good from Him, and beside the temporal suffering and distress, heaping upon oneself the eternal wrath of God and damnation. Of this we should by all means beware, and not forget poor Lazarus. He was indeed a poor miserable man, but because he held firmly to the promise respecting Christ and the life to come, and was willingly obedient unto God, he received rich joy in view of such suffering, and has instead of a little suffering an unspeakable and eternal joy and comfort. This is the example of poor Lazarus by which all Christians are to govern themselves and thus also to comfort themselves in their sorrow. The other example is that of the rich man, who here on earth fared well and according to his wish and will, but in the other world he must forever want and be damned. Here again we must believe that our Lord Jesus Christ tells us the truth respecting such judgment and damnation, that the rich man is lying in the flames of hell and suffering horrible tor torment, which it is not possible to describe with words, and that this is also a great cause of his suffering, that he sees poor Lazarus, whom he formerly so woefully despised, 
in everlasting happiness, and cannot enjoy at his hands so much as a drop of water, and must remain in such misery eternally without any hope of help. But what is the reason that the poor man came into such eternal woe and suffering? It is not this alone, that he was rich and possessed much money, that he clothed himself and ate and drank, for these are God's gift and order. If only we use moderation in the things and do not abuse them, God will willingly grant us unto us money and goods, meat and drink, pleasure and splendid apparel, and other things according to each one's station. But the cause of the rich man's misery is this, that he had money and goods, wore costly clothing and lived in splendor, and did not think of the life to come, as to how it would go with him if today or tomorrow he were called away from this earth. His whole aim and attention were directed only to having enough and being at ease here on earth, just as if he needed nothing more, whereas Christ warns in the gospel that our hearts should not be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life. This is a cause which helped him to everlasting damnation, for from this it follows that he did not take the word of God to heart. He permitted nothing to disturb him, whether God promised or threatened, if only he had no lack of anything here on earth. The other reason was that he saw poor Lazarus lying before him, but does not grant him as much in his distress as he would a dog, so that the evangelist says that the dogs had more sympathy with the poor man and served him more than did the rich man. He did not reflect that God had given him more in order that he might help others who had need. But like a swine that would devour everything and leave others nothing if it could help it, so this rich man also thought only of having enough for himself and was not concerned about the wants of others who were poor. Such sins bring about the terrible judgment that he had his pleasure and desire for a while but suffers eternally in the other world. Such example the Lord places before us that we may thereby learn and beware of such sins and judgments, that we should not feel secure as if there were no other life than this temporal one here on earth, and that we should not forget the poor. For whoever has received of God so that he can help the poor and still does not do it, to him it will at the last day and in all eternity be the greatest pain and torment that he will see the poor whom he despised and failed to help living before him in joy just as the rich man saw Lazarus. On the other hand, whoever has served, helped, and done good to many will in the life to come find joy in the same. But it is not a calamity above every calamity that this rich man merely asks for a drop of cold water but he cannot receive it in all eternity? Therefore let us by no means forget the poor, but gladly to help and give to them. And this not only with the customary alms, that we give any one a penny, a nickel or a half dollar, according to our ability and his wants, but help we can every way owe the poor. But beside this there is another kind of alms, according to which each one can help his neighbor in his station and calling and that too every day and every hour, namely, that each one so manage his business, calling, and trade, so as not to take advantage of anyone, not to defraud anyone with false wares, and so as to be satisfied with a reasonable profit, and to pay the people every penny that belongs to them, that one give correct weight and measure, and neither in buying nor selling seek such an advantage as will be to the disadvantage of others. 
For what unfaithfulness there is in all branches of trade is evident. But whoever deals uprightly, although he gives nothing away and takes a reasonable profit, gives alms. On the other hand, those who dispose of the goods only to their own advantage and seek only their own benefit steal the money out of the purses of the people, as when a baker makes the loaves too small or adulterates the material. A butcher gives too light weight, or a vintner sells the wine too high or adulterates it. But who can tell it all? No business is so small and insignificant, but that if you manage it faithfully, giving to others true wares for the proper price, you will be giving alms. On the other hand, if you take the advantage of the people, or do not pay them rightly, you commit theft and are a thief before God, and at the last day you will see before you poor Lazarus, to whom you denied such alms of your trade, and even stole and took through your avarice what belonged to him, as you hear in this place how the rich man fared. In this way everyone could make his trade, whether it were great or small, a true charity, with with which God would be well pleased. And most assuredly, not only temporal prosperity would result, but as Christ said, we would also make unto ourselves friends with the mammon of unrighteousness, whose testimony we could possess and enjoy in life everlasting. But the world is, and remains, world, and will not suffer itself to be admonished or helped. Whoever has much wants to to give nothing and constantly to obtain more. Whoever has little meditates how he can obtain something, no matter who suffers thereby. Therefore God must permit all manner of punishment to come upon the base world here, and afterwards must punish with hell fire. Now, although the world in part experiences this and hears it in sermons, it still does not heed it, nor does it become better. Is not this, however, a monstrous fear, blindness, and hardness of heart? In other things we can use caution. If it happens that a famine is expected, whoever is able lays up provision for one, two, or three years in order that he may be prepared against want. Why do we not much rather do it here, since we know that everlasting want will follow if we do not prepare ourselves properly? But this condemnation is so much more severe in that if you once get into it, you will never more in all eternity get out of it. For then all help is cut off. Abraham and Lazarus, as you are told here, not only do not want to help with a drop of water, but they also cannot help. How then do we poor mortals get into this sad condition that we take so little account of such everlasting peril and do not strive to know how we can be safe against it, seeing that everywhere in very unimportant things that do not amount to more than one or two florins we can prepare and secure ourselves so well? Is it not true that the devil takes from us our understanding and wit, or else we would pay more attention to such everlasting than temporal loss. But everybody goes on, concerned only as to how he can have enough here, leave a good deal to his children, and live in splendor. Whoever has this thinks he has enough. Whoever has it not thinks he cannot rest until he has obtained it. Thus the hearts are overcharged with cares of this life, so that their judgment comes upon them as a snare, and they are lying in death and damnation before they are aware of it. Now this is the reason why the Lord places before us this example of the rich man and has it preached unto us, namely, because he would like to drive us to such anxiety that we might not be concerned only about temporal affairs, but much more about that which is eternal and fadeth not away, and 
that we might so manage that which is temporal and fadeth away, as not thereby to give cause for our everlasting destruction. For if this rich man had not had so much, and besides it suffered and been tried to some extent, he would not have gotten into such misery. But money and goods made him haughty, so that he thought he had no need either of God or of his word, and hence he lived in luxury and permitted nothing to try him. About eternal things he did not concern himself, and because he had enough of everything, he also did not concern himself about the temporal except in thinking as to how he could secure for himself good days and luxury and spend his time in enjoyment. Against this Christ warns us and says, Take heed. If you intend, like the rich man, to seek only how you can live in splendor and joy in this world, it will end with you as it did with him, namely that such short, perishable, and likewise uncertain joy will be followed by everlasting misery and suffering. These are the two examples which we ought to by no means forget as long as we live, in order that we may have a sure comfort in suffering and trials and so deport ourselves in temporal things that we may not lose the everlasting riches. To such doctrine that is conducive, which Christ further says, how the rich man, when there was no hope of help for him, thought of his brother and besought Abraham that he would send Lazarus in order that they might not follow the example of the rich man and also be damned. But Abraham utterly refused to comply and said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. But when the rich man continued his importunities and thought it would be more fruitful in their case if one went to them from the dead, and would preach it unto them. Then when they heard it in the temple, Abraham answered once again and said, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. The rich man saw that if anyone is to escape such condemnation, he must repent and conduct himself otherwise than he did. He also considers that it may happen unto others as unto him. For although they have the word of God and sermons, they may still despise them and not grow better through them. Therefore, he thought that there was no better way of admonishing his brethren than such an esteemed preacher should come to them with whom they were well acquainted and whom they knew to have died and to be now in the other world and bring them certain information as to the condition of things in that other world. And it is true, we ourselves are prone to think that such a sermon would not be despised as other sermons preached by men are heard and despised. But Abraham absolutely denies this and says, Whoever would escape such everlasting condemnation and would be saved must look for and expect no other warning than that contained in Moses and the prophets. That is the only way that he can escape everlasting damnation and enter into everlasting life. But if anyone will not hear Moses and the prophets, It would be of no avail if even one should rise from the dead. Yea, although even an angel or God himself should preach in a visible form, such a one would still not believe. This, certainly, is paying a high compliment to the ministerial office and an admonition to the people faithfully to heed the preached word, seeing that there is no other means by which they can secure themselves against this terrible sentence of everlasting condemnation. But what do, the, what do Moses and the prophets preach? Chiefly, these two things. First, they point to the promised seed of the woman that should bruise the serpent's head, that is, take the devil's power from him and avert the evil that he inflicted upon all of us in paradise. 
of this seed of the woman who is the Son of God and brings divine power and righteousness to us on earth, Moses and the prophets treat, admonishing us and declaring when he shall come forth, and that we must hear him, hold his word, and believe his promises. Whoever then thus hears Moses and the prophets will, in the first place, despair of his own life, works and strength, and find comfort in the seed alone. For he alone is the blessed seed and brings the blessing to us who are accursed and damned on account of our sins. Thus faith in Christ is the only and true way in which one can escape from sin and death and obtain salvation. Such Savior and comfort the rich man did not accept. He considered himself upright, and he probably was outwardly upright before the world, for the gospel does not charge him with being an adulterer or a robber, etc. Therefore he no doubt thought, if I were not so upright, God would not give me so much success and prosperity. For it's natural with every person to rush into the conclusion when he fares ill, indeed God is angry with me and is unconcerned about me, and I must be lost without counsel, help, and comfort, etc., on the other hand, if he fares well, if there is an abundance of everything, and if all goes according to his wishes, he thinks that God is well pleased with him, otherwise he would not be so gracious toward him. Although it is said above, such temporal prosperity is a is very small and simple thing. Hence it is also the case here on earth that the godless are more prosperous than the pious. But let there be ever so much money and property in your possession. Take heed that you do not consider yourself good. But place your trust and comfort on what Moses and the prophets teach. Or it will go with you as with this rich man who heard Moses and the prophets, yet did not find comfort in Christ the Lord. The second thing that Moses and the prophets teach is this, that after we have found our righteousness in the promised seed alone, we also obey God, and in this earthly life do and keep that which he has commanded us, and, on the other hand, avoid and forsake that which he has forbidden for this is fearing God and having him before our eyes. But whoever is unwilling to do this and does not want to follow the law of God, but his own will and desires, that is, to live in sin, cannot boast of being a child of God or of having him before his eyes. He must therefore stand in jeopardy every moment that God will come, seize him, and judge him as he finds him. Therefore both must be together, faith and obedience toward God. Faith serves to free us from sin and to make us children of God. Obedience, or love, and the works of love are of service that we manifest ourselves as dutiful children, no more cause God to be angry, and have a good conscience, which those cannot have who are guilty of willful sins and continue in them without any amendment or repentance. In short, fear God and be pious, and yet do not rely upon such piety but comfort yourself with our Lord Jesus Christ, and then you will be out of danger. For such faith helps you against sin and death. And since God has commanded obedience, he will also be pleased with it. And it does not matter even if such obedience is imperfect in this life. For it is not alone, but connected with Christ, on whose account both the person and the works of such incomplete obedience please God and those who believe, to whom, for Christ's sake, that is also forgiven, which is yet lacking in such obedience. Thus one must hear Moses and the prophets, that one may learn from them to believe in Christ and to be pious. This rich man did not do, and must therefore be eternally damned and suffer, together with all those who have Moses and the prophets, but, will, but still do not obey their teaching. But 
those who hear and obey, that is, those who believe in Christ and know that God for his Son's sake would be merciful unto us, not reckon our sins against us and save us, and who accordingly live in the fear of God, do not obey the devil and their own flesh, but take heed to the word and will of God, they belong with Lazarus into Abraham's bosom and shall be eternally saved. May God grant this unto us for the sake of his Son, Jesus Christ, through his Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been Dr. Martin Luther's sermon on Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31, preached on the first Sunday after the season of Holy Trinity. You're listening to the Luther Sermon Podcast. For more Luther sermons, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org.